You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. But they have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... And we're live, baby! Welcome to House of Champions. Use your friends, drop in your comments and those questions in the chat and make sure you hammer the like and subscribe button. As we talk with the main man himself, here we go. Fabrizio Romano is in the house. Little golf clap, little golf clap. Michael, <laughs> Lewis, how are you doing, buddy? Let's get into it, Fabrizio. Ooh. Here we go. Come on, we got a big, 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 big show ahead. Of course, we know you're busy, but how's things? Where are you? Everything is great. Thank you. I'm in Napoli, my city, with my family. And here, the, the feeling is incredible. Eh? This is the probably the <laughs> best season in the history after Maradona. And so the feeling is... Really incredible. They are preparing a big celebration for the Scudetto, for the Serie A title. But let's see how far they will go also in the Champions League. So, special season, really. If they win a trophy, Fab, will you be in Naples to celebrate with them and near the family? Will you be there for the celebrations? I think I want to see this celebration because, you know, since I was a kid, I always heard of the Maradona times on how mm. historical that was in the city. So, it's something that is really part of the history of the city. It's not just about football. Here, football is part of the city because of Maradona and many others. So, but of course, Maradona is the big name. And so, I have this feeling that it's going to be something really, really crazy. Something really unexpected for many people around the world because we in Italy know very well how they celebrate in Napoli, but I think that it will be really unexpected for many people outside Italy. So get ready because it's going to be mad, wild. I might actually fly over and join you. I think we'll bring the House <laughs> yeah. of Champions podcast <laughs> yeah. over to Naples for that celebration. I I'm know in. Nigel I'm Rio in. Coker will be there. All right, let's get into it. we got a big show planned for you. we got to begin with Manchester United coming off the back of their success. You can see that smile on Michael Hood's face right there. And of course, we're always going to go to Marcus Rashford, the goal scorer who simply at this moment in time cannot score, stop scoring goals. Uh, contract extension, give us the latest. I mean, Manchester United must now have a bit of a battle on their hands to keep a hold of Marcus Rashford. Yes, and uh, this is a priority for the club. Uh, of course, Rashford is doing fantastic. Uh, let me mention, really, Eric Ten Hag uh, on, on this one because day one he arrived uh, in June and he immediately got to speak to, to Marcus Rashford, told him that he wanted to be at the centre of the project, a key player for Manchester United. So he was 100% trusting Marcus Rashford also because he was coming from Ajax, a club where Eric Ten Hag had a big impact on young players and he knows how important it is to have young players who know, who know very well the club, the academy and 
and all the development process. This is something really important for uh, for Aiton Hag. And so he wanted Marcus Rashford since they want to become one of the faces of the project of Manchester United for present and future. And this is what happened. So they are really happy with him, of course. He's really happy with Manchester United new era with Aiton Hag, winning trophies with completely different atmosphere at the club. So the feeling is really positive between Marcus Rashford and Manchester United. And also that was not something uh, that easy because at the beginning of the summer, July, Paris Saint-Germain wanted Marcus Rashford. They wanted him in summer 21 and they wanted him with Pochettino as a coach and also in summer 22. So a few months ago with Luis Campos, who is a big fan of the players. So it was not that easy also on the player side, but for May United, it was not even the case to negotiate with Paris Saint-Germain, especially because of Eric Tenac. He only wanted the player to stay and to become the star that he is right now. So really credits to, to Eric Tenac for what he did with uh, Marcus Rashford and also on the contract negotiation because Eric Tenac is really pushing with the club, with the board to get this new deal done as soon as possible. He knows very well how dangerous it is to have a player like Marcus Rashford out of contract in 12, 13 months. So it's a really dangerous situation. They want to get it done before the summer. From what I understand, at the moment, we are not at the final stages of this negotiation. It's still at the early stages. So they're speaking, they're discussing. For May United, it's a priority. Rashford Rashford is open to speak to May United. But at the moment, we are not in a position to say, okay, it's going to be done in a few days or weeks. It probably will take time to discuss Mm -hmm. about the length of the contract, the salary, uh, and all the details of a big contract for Marcus Rashford. But at the moment, it's something that May United want 100% to do as soon as possible. Yeah, I say keep it simple. Give him all the money he wants. Fab, Glazer's in, Glazer's out. It's been documented. The club's up for sale. With the ownership group that comes in next, how will this affect negotiations with a Marcus Rashford or what happens in the summer? I think this is only positive for my United, honestly. If they're going to sell the club, I think all the new owners or people are trying to become new owners, they know how important it would be to come in and show that they are bringing a new contract to Marcus Rashford. This is really crucial. So I think this is really positive for, for Manchester United if they can complete this process as soon as possible. Uh, also to have this kind of message like, okay, we are here and we have Marcus Rashford for the next five years. This could be a really big statement. Also because I think in general in football, as we always mention here on us of Champions, extending contrast of big players is like signing new players. In football, this is changing. I mentioned that for Italian football, as we know with Juventus, with Rabiot, Milan, with Leao, Inter, with Skriniar, how dangerous has with situations with big players. And so also outside Italy and in other leagues, like the biggest, the Premier League is really crucial to extend contrast. So I think this is really positive for May United to be in this in this situation and to make sure they can show to the people, okay, we are the new owners and Marcus Rashford will be the face of our project. Not just Rashford, because also Diogo Dalot is in negotiation over a new contract, Alejandro Garnacho, David De Gea, Fred, Luke Shaw. So they are working on many contracts and this is going to be a really important part of the uh, new era of Eric Nag at Manchester United. It's a good time to be informed if you're a Manchester United player right now. You know the movie, show me the money, baby! <laughs> I love to hear it. All right, let's talk about Newcastle United. They just lost the League Cup final to Manchester United. Now, I know you're a massive fan of the structure that Newcastle are putting into the transfer market. The players they're signing, the coach that they have. I think we're all a fan of Newcastle now, the way they're going about their business. But Fabrizio, they lost a final. So what's the next steps for Newcastle United to get over this hurdle, to potentially finish in the top four, and also the next time they get to a final, win it? So do they need to sign more players? 
all the answers I get on the Newcastle side after the final were on the same page, and this, this was just the beginning. It was the beginning of the dream. So we will be back. We will go to win. They are convinced that they will do that in the next years. So they are still really positive, convinced that their project is just at the, really at the beginning. So it will take time to be on the top, top level, but they're really happy with what they're doing. So for sure, they will be in the market in the summer. For sure, they will do something important. For example, as Pat and you left back probably to join, uh, to join the club. This is one of the priorities they will have in the summer, probably a new winger because we know in that position they already explored the market a few months ago and so this could be a possibility for them to go back in that position on, on the market and then a creative midfielder uh, there is a player they really love who is James Madison who is doing very well for Leicester and he's a player they always had on top of their list and I'm sure they will try again before the summer I don't know how much competition there will be because of course this kind of player is always in the list of big clubs but Newcastle will be there so I think they will be busy in the summer they will keep going with their project uh, this was uh, probably a big dream for Newcastle to win the Carabao Cup but at the same time they know that this is just the beginning of something really bigger and this is why in the summer they will be again in the market but always with the same strategy not wasting money but trusting the right players for present and future. Um, question from fans in the chat Aaron Alexander asking would Chelsea's possible miss of European nights next season affect their transfer market for example is Declan Rice, a player that is tied between Chelsea and Arsenal, could he miss becoming a blue? Obviously, prefer or paraphrasing that for you, Aaron, but what's going on at Chelsea Football Club? Because what it's six games in a row, it's just gone flat. You know, talk to us about the blues and the, really the state of demise right now. No, it's a really difficult situation. This is this is very clear. It's on the pitch, but also off the pitch. It's not easy because they trusted Graham Potter. They paid big money to to appoint Graham Potter from Brighton. It was a release clause and a very expensive one. So they trusted Graham Potter since day one. And of course, now it's not easy to protect the manager with this kind of results. This is what they're doing also today, yesterday night. The message was very, very clear from Chelsea, still backing the manager, still supporting the manager, but they want to see something different as soon as possible. So I feel that the next two, three games will be really crucial for Graham Potter to change the situation. Otherwise, for Chelsea, it will probably be time to... Uh, think about the change, to think about the new coach because the situation is really complicated. They understand what he mentioned yesterday in the press conference was also mentioned internally. Uh, he said about Mikel Arteta at Arsenal, also Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Sometimes it happens in big clubs uh, to have some problems at the beginning of new years with new coach and then it could change in few in few months. So this is what they mentioned internally and this is why they are protecting uh, Graham Potter. Another point I think is fair to remember is that it's true that they signed many players in January. But when you sign players in January, it's not the same as the summer. In the summer, you have the preseason. You can adapt. You can have the tour, the friendly games, and some time to adapt to new football, new teammates, new coach, new life. In January, they signed many players, but all the players from different leagues, not even one from Premier League. And so from Portugal, uh, Balyashil from Ligan, Mudrik from Ukraine, all the players coming from different leagues. Of course, Joe Felix from Spain, Madueke from Eredivisie. So completely different life, completely different city, completely different manager, completely different system. Many players in the same club and not time to adapt because in England you have to play uh, every week two games so it's really difficult also for him to handle this kind of situation but the expectation internally at Chelsea is that the next two three games will be really crucial otherwise they have to go for different kind of of solutions so this is the feeling uh, to answer the question I think is not going to make a big difference on the market whatever happens in the in the table because Chelsea will go big in the market they need a new striker they will be busy in many positions in the summer mm -hmm. of course for some players could be more attractive to go elsewhere because they have Champions League football but I can tell you that despite what's going on right now 
at Chelsea, the feeling in the world of football, in the football industry, and also on the player side, is that maybe it will take time, maybe one year, two years, but Chelsea will be there. Chelsea will be there to fight for big titles. Chelsea will be in the Champions League. If it's not this year, it's going to be next year. So the expectation is for Chelsea to be very big in the future. And so this is why many players are still very keen on joining Chelsea uh, also in the summer. A quick shout out to Aaron Alexander there. He's going to military service three days after this podcast. And he says he's mm. going to miss the podcast for three oh. weeks. So Aaron, wow. uh, golf clap for you as well. Good luck. All the best. Thank you for your service. Um, but real quickly on that number nine search for Chelsea, six goals in 12 Premier League games for Bizzo. That's That's ridiculous. I mean, that's I find it hard to watch Chelsea now because I, I just don't know if they're even going to get near the goal. So scoring a goal is a clear problem for them. But what's the situation with players they have on loan? What's the situation with that number nine search? Who potentially could be the number nine? Do you think they maybe bring a player back from loan? I think no, honestly. I think they will go for a different one. We have to see what happens with Romelu Lukaku because the feeling at Inter is that the player wants to stay. Lukaku wants to continue at Inter. He scored an important goal in the Champions League, but in general, he's not in the best shape. So probably he will take some time. it will take some time for him to show his best skills in this final part of the season. But at the same time, for the Inter, the feeling is that the player wants to stay. So I expect Inter and Chelsea to speak at the end of the season and to try to find a solution. My expectation is for Chelsea to go for a new number nine, for something fresh. We will have many names linked to Chelsea because the reality is that they will explore the market. They will try to understand what's the value of some of these players. So what's the fair price tag of these players? For example, we always mention Victor Rosiman, who is having a great season at Napoli. But the reality is that today is impossible to speak to Napoli. As we already mentioned here, Napoli don't want to make any price tag. They want to isolate the squad, to isolate the players, especially mm-hmm. the best players in Kim, Rosiman and Kvaraskelia, because they want them to be 100% focused on Serie A and Champions League. So in case Ozyman will be on the market, it's not going to be now. It's not going to be an early transfer like Haaland last summer. No, it will be completely different. It could be something like in June, July, August. So not an easy one at all. And this is why Chelsea will take some time. I think they will wait for the end of the season. They will see at which point of the process they are at the end of the season. Who's going to be the manager? Because this is a question. Yeah. Now. They were not expecting to be on this. But yeah, who is the so. manager? What kind of player he wants? So this is why Chelsea will take some time before deciding who is the right number nine for their project. Liam jumping in and saying Chelsea will pay whatever it takes to get Kane. <laughs> Interesting comment right Ooh. there. A lot of people asking about the sacking. Amy jumping in and saying none of the Chelsea fans looked at Graham Potter, which is an interesting comment right there. Potter is in way over his head. I get the sense the players just simply don't respect him, says Matt right there. Um, somewhere we don't normally go on House of Champions, especially when we get a chance to speak to the one and only Fabrizio Romano, <laughs> is Scotland. Let's go to Glasgow Celtic. Celtic yesterday against Rangers in the League Cup final. Uh, what a fantastic game i enjoyed watching it what i'm really impressed with fab is the way celtic have put this whole project together they have an amazing coach Ange postacoglu they have signed a ton of japanese players the japanese players Mm -hmm. furuhashi in particular obviously stands out to me rio hatati great uh i mean these are top top players that in my personal opinion from past experience will be very very difficult for celtic to keep a hold of but there's an American in the mix as well, Fabrizio. Cameron Carter-Vickers, who has got USA, better and better USA. and better over the years because of what he's doing at Celtic. How difficult is it for Celtic to keep a hold of their manager, these top Japanese players, but also Cameron Carter-Vickers? What are you hearing? 
It's very difficult. It's very difficult because they're always attracting the big interest. As you mentioned, they're doing very well. The project is perfect. The manager is fantastic. For example, he's one of the names who was mentioned internally at Leeds, but he was not going to leave Celtic job during the season. So we will see in the future. But he's always been in the list of important clubs in the Premier League because he's doing very well. And also the atmosphere he created in the dressing room and also with the fans is something really special. And this is crucial, especially in Scottish football, to have this kind of energy between the manager, the team and the squad and, uh, and the fans is really really important and um, for Carter Vickers I think it's going to be an important summer because I'm told some Premier League club is already exploring this possibility of course he knows Premier League football so it could be a possibility in the summer but Celtic will try their best to keep their players then at some point they have to sell and I think they are very well in this process they have to find the replacement before they sell the player this happened with Juranovic for example in uh, January sold uh, to Union Berlin for 8 million euros and they already had the replacement uh, ready so this is part of their uh, process part of their strategy but at the moment they guarantee that they will do their best to keep him and so I think it's not going to be easy at all because Premier League clubs are there and because centre-backs are always wanted in the transfer market especially in the Premier League but I'm sure that they will try to to fight to keep him and to keep the manager but it's not going to be easy at all. Mm -hmm. This season has been a struggle and sticking with the U.S. men's national team. This season has been a struggle for a La Liga side, Valencia, a side we're not used to seeing near the bottom of the table, Yunus Musa. This kid is a baller, very high on him with the U.S. men's national team and this Valencia team. With his team struggling, Fab, what is next for him? Because surely if they go down, he cannot go down with him or can he? I agree. But um, I think in any case, uh, I don't know what's going to happen at Valencia, but I think in any case, the player wants the new opportunity in the summer. He had some possibilities already in January, but also on the player side, he was open to stay at Valencia to help the team in a difficult moment and then probably leave in the summer. So uh, I think whatever happens with Valencia's situation, I see him leaving in the summer. In the Premier League, there is strong interest because, for example, uh, during the World Cup, Chelsea were following the player. Arsenal, of course, they know the player very well. He was there and so he's a player they are monitoring but also Inter. Inter are looking for that kind of player uh, and so um, Musa is one of the players they're following of course it depends on the price tag because we know if Valencia will go down the price tag will be different uh, I hope Valencia will stay in La Liga and so they will be able to negotiate on a higher price but for sure it's not easy to keep the player and my expectation is for him to leave what I understand is that Chelsea, Arsenal and Inter are the most interested clubs but it will take time. It will take time to see where he's really going at the end of the season but my feeling is that Musa will leave Valencia and we'll try something new. Let's get to the comments here. Is Irak Bonus, DJ Gatti. I'm watching you from Poland, he says right here. He's also saying Rashford succumbed to Arsenal right there. He's also <sighs> saying this is probably the best comment here, Fabrizio. Fabrizio is a rich guy with massive amount of money in his pocket. That might be the best not even question. That's, That's incredible. No, you know what thing. They only they always think that maybe players or clubs or agents are paying me to share information. But really, this is not the case. Officially it's illegal, so I can't do that. But also it would be really stupid for me to do that. No, this is not the case, unfortunately. Let's get back to it. Uh, there's a lot of questions coming in. One from Ali A asking about Liverpool's plans this summer after the horrendous mm, season yes. that they're having right now. Obviously, you've still got the second leg to come in Madrid. Liam is also asking for another question. Is the Klopp seven-year curse a real thing? So what are your thoughts on Liverpool right now? I mean, they have spent a bit of money in the last offseason, um, but they're in a bit of a difficult position right now, especially with their manager, Jurgen Klopp. I think Jurgen Klopp will be at the center of the project. From what I understand, they will keep going with him. They extended his contract a few months ago because they're convinced Jurgen Klopp is the right man to 
refresh this squad. They know they need a big refresh. Honestly, I was really surprised in January when they decided not to go for a midfielder. I was expecting a midfielder to join Liverpool in January 100%, and it didn't happen. Uh, it will happen in the summer because this Liverpool rebuilding will be especially in the midfield. So I see Oscar Chamberlain leaving on a free. I see Naby Keita leaving on a free. From what I understand, James Milner will make a season at the end of the season together with Jurgen Klopp, speaking with Jurgen Klopp. But Milner also has chances to, to leave the club, so it will be a massive rebuilding of the midfield. They need that, absolutely. And so I think they will be busy with some of the names. Of course, they want uh, Jude Bellingham, but I'm told that also they're exploring some different options too, uh, as they will probably go for two midfielders. And so Mateusz Nunez from Wolves is another player they are monitoring. They have a very big list because they will be busy with, uh, with midfielders. And then I expect Liverpool to do also something else. Uh, I see maybe three, four incomings for Liverpool in the summer. Maybe a new defender, uh, as we mentioned, two midfielders. Let's see if they will do something also in the offensive positions. But I think the rebuild is, is needed. They know about that. Jurgen Klopp was very clear also a few days ago in the press conference. He is going to push for new signings. And so I'm sure that Liverpool will be one of the big teams uh, ready to act on the summer transfer window. I, I, I want to take us to a club that I'm having nightmares about because of the OM PSG match. Shout out to OM, of course. They bought my load. No, just kidding. Shout out to PSG for the win. Word on the street is that there's wage cuts, there's pay cuts. What in the world is going on at the French capital? And what does this mean for Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi moving forward? I think the situation will be clarified after the Champions League game with Bayern. It will be more clear, of course, if it's going to be uh, something bad for Paris Saint-Germain. I, I expect many news to come out about the situation of the big stars. I see Mbappé, of course, 100% involved in Paris Saint-Germain project. But for Neymar, for example, I would not be surprised if he will have a chance to leave the club in the summer if he finds the right solution because he's on a big salary. Also, Leo Messi is negotiating only with Paris Saint-Germain at this stage, but we know mm-hmm. that it's not something completed or signed yet. So we have to see how this negotiation will continue after the the Bayern game with Jorge Messi, his father expected in Paris again to meet again with uh, with Paris Saint Germain. So there will be many conversations with the big three stars, but I'm sure that everything will be after the Bayern game. Now they want to keep the focus. They are very happy with the performance yesterday night. It was needed for PSG to have that kind of night. They're also a bit unlucky with the injuries, many injuries yesterday. Also, President Kimpembe he will be out for the rest of the season, and he's a crucial player also in the dressing room, not just on the pitch. So not easy for Paris Saint Germain in this moment, but I'm. I'm sure that they will decide many things after the Bayern game. That game is really crucial, not just for the players, but also for all the people into the club. It's going to be really important to understand what's next for Paris Saint-Germain. Not a surprise to see PSG playing much better without Neymar in the starting eleven. I said Ooh. it. I said it. Just me. Uh, Fabrizio, yeah. it's time to let you go. But before we go, um, I've got one more question for you. I am a rule breaker, so I'm going over our usual 20 minutes. <laughs> I, have to, I have to really quickly ask you about Major League Soccer and this unusual situation that they have at Atlanta United with Thiago Almada. Scored a couple of goals this past weekend, the winner in the 98th minute. He's a World Cup winner playing in Major League Soccer. He's 21 years old, clearly well-respected by the Argentinian Federation, um, clearly well-respected by Major League Soccer and Atlanta United. So I'm sure they're throwing a lot of money to keep him at the club. But I can imagine it's very difficult to keep a World Cup winner in Major League Soccer right now. I mean, what are you hearing about Almada? What do you think about him as a player also? 
I really like him since he was at Vélez. He's always been a special player with mm. special talent. Honestly, I don't understand why uh, European clubs decided not to pay for him a few, few years ago because I think he had some possibilities with Inter, with uh, Villarreal. We had a lot of rumors, but it was never a done deal. And I don't understand why because I think this guy is really special, has really special skills. He's talented, as you mentioned. He's a World Cup winner. Of course, he was not playing a lot, but uh, he was in the group and he's a player with a big talent appreciated by the coach uh, Scaloni, who is a big fan of, of Thiago Almada. So I think in the summer something will happen because in Europe I think many teams especially in Italy and Spain they need creative players then it's about the money in Italy there is no money and in Spain is very complicated so this is the key point this is what is helping I think MLS clubs to keep their stars because maybe for Premier League it's too early for Thiago Almada he needs to continue and keep going to go at that level but I think for Italian and Spanish clubs could be an opportunity in case they will decide to invest money on him I hope yes because he's a fantastic fantastic talent <clears throat> Bundesliga, just saying. Herbizio, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I kept you an extra two minutes. Uh, we went Thanks. into stoppage time here. Um, but I appreciate you as always. If you're out there listening, watching, following, whatever you are, make sure you are following the main man, Fabrizio Romano, across all of his social media platforms, mm. YouTube in particular as well, where he is very active for the latest transfer news. Also a terrific football brain. He loves the game. Nice. He's getting his dancing shoes ready because he's in Naples Ooh. right now, ready for a bit of a party down there. Fab, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. Thank brother, you. We are Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Fab. See you soon. Everybody you. out thanks, there, please uh, make sure you stick around. We're going to be back right after the break, and also we'll have the addition of James Bench to the show. You're watching House of Champions here in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition on earth, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the world of soccer like Lionel Messi, Karim Benzema, Victor Osman, and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the game. All of your soccer needs from the Champions League to Europa League to Serie A all the way to NWSL and so much more is available to you on Paramount+. Plus. You can try one month for free using the code ADVANCE. Welcome back to House of Champions, everybody. Welcome into the show, James Bench. Golf clap. All right. Golf clap. Yeah, welcome, Bench. How are How you doing? doing, James? How's things I'm going? Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's been a hectic weekend. Back home. Where, where, my, where uh... were you the weekend? What'd you go? <laughs> what you see? I went to see. Uh, so I went to see uh, Leicester. Uh, rather than the big games, I did Leicester mm. Arsenal because uh, 
Sunday has been taken up with uh, wedding plannings and the like. So, uh, oh, yeah, it's been a nice hectic weekend. And uh, I'm back at my parents' now house sitting for three cats uh, who I've just about managed to lock out of the room. I was intending to just film this in the kitchen, um, but they've won the kitchen. So they have that. <laughs> uh, and I'm up here. That's very funny. <laughs> If it was one of them, I could outclass them. Two, two is is a, no. is a challenge, but I think one I'd up to. Three, no, impossible. Yeah. Be <laughs> one for me. One for me. As soon as I walk in, I'm walking straight back I'm out a, the room. I'm <laughs> allergic to cats, so I can't do it. Oh, you're <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, busy weekend, James. Um, obviously, a lot of great games going on. We witnessed a cup final. We witnessed, obviously, a top-of-the-table clash. Uh, we witnessed uh, two teams that are not necessarily in great form going head-to-head, and that was, of course, Tottenham against Chelsea. Now, the hashtag Potter out was trending in the USA. <laughs> I saw it had over 35,000 <laughs> tweets on Sunday, which was really incredible. It's like the I was in tournament all over again. I mean, <laughs> Before I ask you, Chelsea have scored six goals across the last 12 Premier League games. And the, the, the stat coming out is that no side has scored fewer in the competition since the start of November. Um, they're not playing well. You can clearly see that. And, and we'll get to Tottenham in a minute. But let's focus on Chelsea. I mean, where is there an out for Graham Potter? I feel for him now because I feel like the players are either not responding or they're taking too much time to get used to the Premier League, the new incomers, and the old guys who have been at the club for a while are just not in form right now. So where is there a help for Chelsea here? It's really tough. I mean, look, I was writing about this this morning. Um, it should be on cbssports.com soon. Um, the, the, this Chelsea hierarchy really want to give Graham Potter time. I don't want to make this about the league leaders, but it is true, and it's been written lots of places. And Potter even said this in his press conference. I think they take a lot of inspiration from what happened at Arsenal and the patience that came from Mikel Arteta is just my view, but you can see it in a lot of what's said that they do, they do know that. Um, but there's a, there's a few differences there. I mean, first of all, there's the fact that a lot of Mikel Arteta's difficulties were behind closed doors, you know, in that horrible, weird COVID season. Mm. But the other thing here is you're not the manager of Arsenal. You're the manager of Chelsea and Chelsea has a very different culture and Todd Bowley and Berhad uh, Egbal may be very keen to change the culture internally. And this is all big, long-term rebuild yep. stuff. And they would say, don't judge uh, Enzo Fernandez and Mikhailo Madrik and those guys, even Mark Kukurea, those guys, yeah, they're young players. You know, we're be- building a squad to, not to win this season's Champions League, but to be competing for it for the whole 2020s. Mm, you're at Chelsea, though. And Chelsea fans have, have been given 20 years of crash course in a very different way of running a club. And you may think that was right. You may think that was wrong. It won an awful lot of trophies and it, it became what is expected mm-hmm. at Chelsea, that patience is 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 minute. It's as thin as you can get. Um, but th- it, that's fine. The turbulence is constant, but you win trophies. Um, that's, that's what Chelsea's culture is. And I think that's why the fan base have turned on Potter. Give him time. You know, there have been some unlucky games in front of goal as well as some pretty dreadful ones like... Sunday and like Southampton um I that's what you want to do but I don't know if the fan base and I should say this is discounting all those obnoxious awful people that were sending death threats to Potter they are the lunatic fringe and we don't need to discuss the lunatic fringe but it's pretty clear I think that, that Potter has lost a large chunk of the fan base if not the majority yeah yeah I, I'm concerned for Graham Potter it's getting nasty 
You know, you hear things like death threats, threats to his family. When it gets to that point, there's there's a there's an anger, there's kind of an uncertainty about this club that it started with the ownership group. It started inside the club. And now that's kind of going and being projected out towards the fan base. When I look at this Chelsea team, there is a loss of identity, a loss of self looking on the bench, right? When, when you're a team and results aren't going your way and you have players on the bench who want to come in and, and prove the manager wrong. I remember, you know, we've all been there as players when you're in form. Great. Things are great. When you're not, you're on the bench and you want to come in and prove something. When the camera pan to the bench, Aubameyang looks disinterested. Mason Mount looks like a sullen figure. And it's just something that you're not used to seeing at Chelsea Football Club. And it, it's just been too consistent under Grand Potter. I know there's new there's new players. I know that there's this will take time. But when you haven't scored, when you've only scored one goal in the last six matches, when you are in 10th place, 14 points off of fourth, when you're looking over your shoulder and the likes of Jonathan Johnson's Aston Villa are creeping up on you, your level on 31 points, there is just, it's not looking good for Chelsea Football Club and Grand Potter right now. Ed jumping in and saying, Chelsea have been spoiled for 20 years, haven't had to worry about patience, planning, long-term strategies. We're built off ruthlessness, immediate success only. Great point right there from Ed. Pretty similar to what James is pointing out. Kishwan jumping in and saying, Kai Havertz should never be in front of goal. That's a great comment right there. <laughs> Chelsea can have bigger chance of going through the Dortmund clash is to fire Potter. So basically, fire Potter and you have a better chance of but, getting but past Borussia Dortmund, says Fudy Judge Mo. Go, James. But you get past Dortmund, and then what? Like, and then what? You're not going to win the Champions League. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you're not going to get... I mean, I, I have seen threads on Twitter about the possibility, you know, like Chelsea fans going down and going, we're not winning this game. We're not, you know, are we going to get to 40 points? But you're not going to get relegated either. I mean, no. I, I don't know. I don't know if, if like, Bowley, Eggbau and... Um, Potter can like actually hold firm but you know I think this is a bit more like that season isn't it when Mourinho actually did look Mm. like he might take them down and they were just hovering above the relegation zone but you just have to kind of write the whole season off and I would say I'd be inclined to say just give Potter pre-season and make a quick judgment then if you think he's awful but I mean as he was saying they had a really bad pre-season with a manager that they were thinking about sacking and Bowie and Eggball then went and bought him a striker that, that that, that Potter does not want in the slightest in a Bamiyang. Mm. Um, like he, I think you do need to give this a real chance, and I don't think Potter's had that yet. I think it's about creating a culture at Chelsea Football Club once again, and it takes a time. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but many of the videos that have been coming out making fun of Chelsea and their fans, obviously recently has been videos from training sessions where the players are walking out onto the training ground. I don't know, James, if you've been near the training ground at all, um, watching the players of late, but like the heads are down. The, the body language tells you a lot about what's happening. There's no excitement there. And, you know, Mike, as you know, and you just pointed to it, you know, when, you, when you've been a professional player, you should be looking forward to getting out on that training ground. I'm sure you see it, James, when you go to watch the Gunners at training. There's a buzz. They're all excited. They're all trying to yeah. prove to the coach, I should be in the starting 11. At Chelsea mm-hmm. right now, there's 400 players going on the training ground for a start, and they're all competing <laughs> for... <laughs> for what, though? They're, they're, they're competing... Probably a lot of those players, and I'll be honest with you, they don't want to play in the starting 11 right now because they know that there's nothing happening with this football club right now um, that is very good. So very disappointing to see that there. Uh, real quickly, I want to just touch upon the fact that Spurs did get the result with uh, um, Conte on the sidelines again here, James. And uh, Christian Stellini uh, has yep. four wins, Marseille, Man City, West Ham and Chelsea. So the four games they had no Conte, the four games they won, <laughs> he's, he's having an impact. 
<laughs> Although I think he would say that, I mean, Antonio Conte's on the phone to him three or four times a day. So I suspect he doesn't feel any more far away from Conte. <laughs> um, but then maybe to an extent, just, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't want to make it this, you know, all about like, get rid of Conte, bring in Stellini. Mm. But I think maybe it a little bit of peace and a little bit of like kind of the touchline not being a huge focus. I think there was, to an extent, there were just these conversations, you know, Conte was always the focal point. And I think this has maybe just allowed the players a bit more breathing room. Richarlison, I thought, had, had quite a nice little game, uh, without again, without scoring. He does need to start putting the ball in the net, but I thought he had a nice mm. game for yeah. for Spurs. And um, Skip has, has come in and done really excellently. I know Oof. not Spurs writers and Spurs fans were, were mm. really looking forward to the day where he'd get a run in the team. So um, they're doing really well. I, I don't know how long it will last. Um, <laughs> but I think if they can hold on, I mean, just because what, what it's between them and Newcastle, I really think for top four and um, it's April the 13th or something. I think that's really what it all come down to. But uh, yeah, really turned it around and uh, appreciated a bit of peace and quiet. I think they, they have. Yeah, I, I was impressed with a player who doesn't get enough credit for this Tottenham team, Ben Davis. For yeah. so long, he came in this Tottenham team playing left back. Then he was a liability because he couldn't defend 1v1. He didn't have the final end product. But Conte, even though he's been on the sideline, made a miraculous move to put him back at left wing back. His runs forward is getting the best out of Emerson Royale, of all people. Both wing backs bombing forward, and that's getting Harry Kane the service. Yes, Harry Kane, you know he's going to drop off and play that playmaking role, but he's a player who needs service from wide areas. So shout out to Ben Davis. I think that's a good tactical wrinkle for Tottenham Hotspurs. Little stat to add right here. Harry Kane has now scored 20 plus goals in each of his last nine seasons at Tottenham. That was his 20th goal just scored at this past weekend. Let's turn to the big one. No, I'm not talking about Arsenal or Leicester or any of these teams. (laughs) Let's go to the cup final because I know Michael Hood is desperate to talk about this one. It's been a while since we've allowed you to celebrate on this show, Mike. But because me and you are both Manchester United fans, We'll spend about an hour on this uh, part of the show. Man <laughs> United winning the League Cup for the sixth time. Eric Ten Hag becomes the first Dutch manager to win the League Cup. And in seven of his last nine seasons, the League Cup winner has gone on to lift more than one trophy. Great times as a Man United fan right now. And for these Manchester United players, Mike. Ah, uh, yes. You know, I don't do this this often, but I, I have a, a bottle of bubbly that I've been saving for the House of Champions and for this moment, especially for when James Benz would be on. The, <laughs> I, I love the look of agony on your face, Benz. The first trophy for Ten Hag, hopefully the first of many, hopefully the first of these of many that I'll be putting in the wine fridge for this club that I love so much. I thought it was an exceptional final. I thought it was a, a great performance for Manchester United uh, up to the goal. They're in for a game. And and yes, they had chances, but Newcastle through the play of Sam Maxima, they looked most dangerous hitting on the counter, coming down their their left-hand side, excuse me. United, Luke Shaw, the job he did on Miguel Amoron, the job he did on that overlap from Tyranny or from Trippia. I thought that he's a player that deserves a lot of plaudits. But at the end of the day, the two leaders of this team on the score sheet, Casemiro. And yes, that is Marcus Rashford's goal. I will I will fight the FA. I will fight the Carabao Cup, whatever cup you want to call it, to the end to give him that goal. And and Vegforst. Hey, he I mean, can't score. Given him it. You don't need, you, I know you're in fighting mode. They've given him it. Oh, good. Jeez. Oh, well, you know what? I, I will sip on this then to congratulate Marcus Rashford. What I love about this game is you could see a bit between their teeth how how 
how combative this United team is. They have winners. Casemiro, this guy, he is my player of the season. Give him the trophy. The header that he had, the tackles he put out, I love this guy. I want him on my men's league team when he's done playing at Manchester United, hopefully bringing us a Champions League trophy. Rafael Varane, another good game from him. Callum Olsen didn't even know he, he was there. That's how good Rafael Varane and Martinez were. And United, they were just the better team on the day. So that's my my United just over the moon. And like I said, Bench, this one's for you. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. That looks dodgy, mate. That looks some, some <laughs> dodgy line there. Not expensive um, enough. Maybe. No, I, mean, no, I, no. I hate to. I mean, maybe it's just the presence of you, you two Man United fans here. So I hate to be the, uh, the ghost at the feast. Because I thought it was an excellent performance by Manchester United. And I, in particular, I'd want to shine some praise on Aaron Wan-Bissaka who has kind of yeah. come from nowhere to at least carving out this role. It's not always going to be the right game, right back for United in every game, but when he's needed, he just shut Alan San Maximan down. And I thought it was really needed because actually before that goal, it felt a little bit like Newcastle were going to edge the game. It was good fortune and, and good execution by Manchester United. When they were in the ascendancy, they got the second, and Newcastle just don't look like a team that can score two goals. However... Having said all that, and it's fan- this is a fantastic moment United are in, to use that football-y word. Everyone's saying people are in moments at the moment. Um, let's not get <laughs> too carried away with the idea that this is a it is necessarily the start of something as opposed to a great mm. run of results. Um, yeah. Let's not forget that Manchester United's star player, uh, I hope Mike was talking about him as Manchester United's player of the season and not the player of the season because that's Erling v- uh, No, Casemiro. Erling okay. Haaland, uh, Bakayo Saka, Erdegaard, they should all be ahead of him in the list. <sighs> uh, Sven Botman as well, Nick Pope, uh, in any player of the season list. Casemiro is, what is he, 32? 30? 30? However yeah, old just, he is? Just, I think just turned 32. Raphael Varane turns 30 next month. Marcus Rashford is not the best player in the world, even if he's playing like it. It can't last forever. Um, and when you see that, there are just so many other parts to this squad that really aren't going to last long enough for this to be a, a major contender. That has to kind of be your, your fear that this isn't a young team. This isn't a team that is building to something. This is their moment. And, you know, it looks like they could be in a really good position to seize that moment throughout that this season. Like there, though, and then Jim? that, yes, exactly. And that allows you to then do the rebuild. And it's a lot easier to do that rebuild when you're a top four team uh, and T- Ten Hag has them wonderfully, and he is their great asset. And if they lose yeah. him, I think it becomes really difficult to see this Manchester United team kind of staying at the highest echelon. But let's not get carried away. They've had the easiest fixture list in the Premier League since oh. the World Cup, um, and they've won the least important trophy in English football. That's fine. Uh, this is oh, Man United. Boy. The point is, this is Man oh, United. So you have to hold them to the standards oh, set by a team like uh, by a man like Sir Alex Ferguson, and they are miles off that level. Mike was disappearing yesterday on the group chat for at least four hours. Yes. A couple more stats for you. De Gea has now kept more clean sheets at Manchester United than any other goalkeeper in the club's history. It's 181 clean sheets now for De Gea in the goal. And you guys both touched upon Casemiro. He's been victorious in each of his last nine major finals. Four Champions League finals, three FIFA Club World Cups, one Copa del Rey, and the most important one, one league cup um real quickly we do have some love in the chat for you bench it is liam saying benji what's up to you matt jumping in saying 
James has a new background every single episode. <laughs> yeah, he does. A question, a really good question, actually, and it's connected to this final. Uh, James, can you please tell us about the possibility of Tierney moving mm. to Newcastle United? And I guess I'll extend that question about Newcastle United. So explain what you think is going to happen with Tierney and his potential move to Newcastle, which I think would be a very good fit for him, especially the coach. I think the coach and him would be a mm. good fit. But also, Newcastle's long-term strategy, they've signed some great players. Clearly, they've done a great job. They're challenging for a top-four place. I asked the same question to Fabrizio. But realistically, to get over that next hurdle, you would expect to see that Newcastle will have to spend a bit more money to get a bit more quality and to start winning these finals. Yes, agreed. On, on Tierney, I think, you know, I think this is a story I broke um, on one of these episodes with, with Fab maybe last month, that, that Arsenal and, and Tierney are kind of open to parting ways in the summer there's a degree of frustration I think it's fair to say it would be natural if there's frustration um, from Tierney's side that he's not even kind of really the backup left back anymore it was notable that Tommy Asu came on uh, for those last few minutes against Leicester at the weekend and Newcastle are looking for a left back I don't think there's anything more advanced to it than that I think to an extent there's a little bit here of uh, two and two making five but it's true that Newcastle are looking for a left back and that there is a strong possibility that Tierney leaves for the right sort of money to allow Arsenal to invest el- elsewhere because they've got uh, they've got Tomiyasu, uh, Zinchenko, uh, Ben White, and they'll be looking to get Ivan Fresneda as well. And I think that may well be what their, their sort of plan is there. But it doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen. Um, for Newcastle, I think the one thing I would say is if they can beat Tottenham to top four, and at the moment that it doesn't feel as likely as it did a few weeks ago, um, that they are really struggling for goals. Bruno Gimaraes, if he's fit, makes a huge difference. If they can beat them to top four, I think that really does put jet fuel in the engine. Suddenly you can get those commercial deals. And we all know that, you know, the PIF and or the Saudi royal family, however you want to view them, are trying to do this within the rules. They're trying to, they're not, you know, they're not trying to be a man city and break and bend in, in brazen fashion. They will look to, but if you can get Champions League football, you can increase your sponsorship revenue, you can increase your match day income, all those things. And then that then allows you to to an extent, use a bit more of that PIF money as well to uh, to really build the squad. They're not that far away, um, and, and really a lot yeah. will depend on whether they can pit Newcastle to the post. I mean, either way, I guess we're going to look to see them buy uh, probably an, you know another top forward in particular, like a, 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 another creator and another goal scorer. I would think is what they will they will be needing in the uh, in the summer. But they are not far from being at yeah. least a a top four regular. I don't know how many of that team: Botman, Bruno. Hope would be in a in a team that could win the Premier League, but uh, mm. it's good job. It's, it's good. Yeah, I, I I would say I'll keep it very brief. I, I'm looking for them to add depth. They have a good core. You build a team around the likes of Gimaraish. He's an excellent player. He's got more to him than meets the eye. He's a deep lying playmaker. He can play any role in the midfield. But when he goes out or when he is injured, you see how much the team suffocates. The word I think of Newcastle this season is imbalance. So much of their goals and assists come down their right-hand side, and that's down to the excellent combination play between Miguel Amaron and Kieran Trippier. On the left-hand side, there's not enough in the final third. Joe Ellington, when he plays there, he gives them a bit of work rate. He gives them a bit of industry, but sometimes he's playing in midfield. I would go and get a left-winger and get a left-back to make them more balanced. I will say this, though. Eddie Howe has done a terrific job, and I think... um you know, realistically, he will always be linked with big jobs. He will always be linked with a national team job because obviously he's English. 
I just don't think you can underestimate how well he is handling this whole situation. I mean, you have an ownership there that could pretty much go out there and buy any player they want or any player he wants. And the way that they're signing players is really impressive. And the way that they're putting the players into the starting 11, resting players and keeping players happy, you don't hear a lot of fuss off the pitch at Newcastle. Everyone seems to be happy. Everyone seems to be... Obviously, there's players who are happy when they come off the pitch and they sit on the bench and they make changes, but... Eddie Howe, to me, and I don't know if you feel the the same, James, because we've followed him, you know, as a player, uh, as a very, very young coach, all the way up through the ranks to where he is at right now. I would say he's a perfect fit for Newcastle, and at this stage in his career, that's the right club for him. Or am I mistaken, James? I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you in football terms. The only thing I'd say is it's deeply deep, and I, I think every manager would be like this. It is deeply, deeply disappointing when we see some of the things that happen in Saudi Arabia that Eddie Howe is so willing. And we have to say that Pep Guardiola does the same um, too often, that he's so willing to to just overlook these and say, I'm just here to talk about football. Mm. Because uh, you know that there are plenty of occasions when managers, footballers and everyone want, want to talk about other things um, and want us to talk about the other things they want to talk about. But uh, yeah, yeah, I find that deeply disappointing with Eddie Howe, I have to say. And I don't want talk about Newcastle to not kind of reflect that as well. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it on that note. Sorry, that Thanks, was a, a bum note, yeah. Bringing the whole yeah, bloody phone down, my, man. My, Gee my champagne just went wow. flat, man. <laughs> I need to see this bottle. Let me see this. I know yeah, what is that? that people in Texas aren't wine That's concerts, definitely the message. There's no way that's yours. That's not the right, It's not even champagne, right is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been out. It, it is the missus. It's ro- <laughs> Rosé Prosecco. And, and that's credit to Jonathan Johnson during our trip to France for putting us on that. So go after JJ when he's on. Is that a Swarovski bottle of champagne right there that you've got? I, I don't <laughs> even know. It has to be <laughs> vajazzled, isn't it? Vajazzled. Uh, real quickly before we do move on and talk about uh, f- the final thoughts, um, I'm actually just going to take a little bit of a, a moment here and just say that we have a, a Bundesliga title race once again. We also saw Bayern Munich destroy Union Berlin at the weekend by three goals to nil, three goals scored in the first half. And then Borussia Dortmund getting an important victory to make it 46 points apiece at the top for the top two. And I will say this, there's a game coming in this week that everybody should watch. It is on Friday Ooh. and it's Dortmund against Leipzig on Friday because Leipzig are on a decent run right now. Dortmund are, are unbeaten. They're on a great run. And I think if there ever, ever is a good time to challenge Bayern Munich, this is the season to do it. So I'm hoping we actually get a title race in Germany. Had to add it there before we get out of here, guys. But James, you got anything for me before we go? I just wanted to ask you a question. Like When you see Dortmund win 1-0 away, and I remember we've talked so much about how they are slightly daft, unreliable team. Does that change your view on them? And do you think maybe, I mean, because that's what you need to win a title, isn't it? Those 1-0 road wins. I've watched pretty much every Borussia Dortmund game this season. And mm. I am a big fan of the coach, um, Ibn Terzic. And the way he's got these players playing, they should have won that game three or four. And yeah. uh, they are definitely a lot better, more consistently confident than they have been in recent years. And when he first took over again, Terzic, he found it difficult to get results. But now he's getting consistent results. And he's got this belief within the group that, you know, they could go to, to Chelsea and win 3-0. That's, that's how good they could be. But... I will say this, I have my, my, 
doubts a little bit on <laughs> Alea, his fitness. He needs to get fit. He had three or four great chances at the weekend, should have scored. Yeah, he's just not fit yet. And that will take time. But realistically, mm. right now, as we get to the business end of the season, he doesn't have time. So he's going to have to make a decision to play somebody else up top there. Uh, Mukoko's still injured right now. And you have Anthony Modest, who's 45 years old and <laughs> potentially you know, <laughs> still struggling to score goals in big games. You're relying on Haller to be the guy that if you're going to win the title, you need Haller to score goals. As simple as that. And you need to have Marco Royce healthy and you need mm. to have Reina healthy. And you need to have all your top players playing well and you need Jude Bellingham to be absolutely all about it. Um, but a great win for, for Bayern Munich against Union Berlin. It was a statement victory for them that makes it very interesting at the top of the table. So, Mike, anything more to add before we get out of here? Great show, boys. Yes. <clears throat> I am uh, looking forward to... There's a date. Yes, we talk about... <laughs> it's a champagne. Clear it. Clear we, it, talk, <laughs> we talk about how big this Friday's game. Dortmund in kind of a, a difficult stretch of teams they play. But April 1st, a massive game for them. A game that I think the season will come down to should these two teams keep doing what I think they're going to do. In quick from you, who yeah. wins their classicer? given what you've seen from these two teams. Do you know, producer Dead just made a great point right there. Sadio Mane just came back. Mm. And if Sadio Mane starts scoring goals, that's the missing piece. I think that Bayern need to be a challenger again in the Champions League, but also to clean up again in the Bundesliga. It's, how healthy is he though? How fit is he? You know, he's been out for a few week, a few months now. So um, it's going to take a minute for him to get back ready, scoring goals again. Chupo Moting still scoring goals. I think Bayern Munich against Dortmund right now, if they were to play right now, I would put money on Dortmund. I really would. Good shout. I think Bayern Munich right now are vulnerable. They're not as confident. There's still this issue uh, that I see with Nagelsmann and the executives. There's a doubt there. Um, but any day, Bayern turn up and can beat Dortmund 3-0, 4-0. You know, that's how good Bayern could potentially be. So um, there, did I answer your question? James, what do you oh, think? I, <laughs> I, I liked your answer, so yeah. <laughs> hey, great stuff. Uh, just a reminder to everybody out there, uh, this was another 50-minute show. We're trying to keep it a shorter than 40 for everybody out there. But, you know, when we have James in the house, we have Mike in the house. Verbizio wants to stay for an extra two, three minutes. I mean, what are we going to do? Thanks to everybody out there for joining in the chat, throwing in your questions, for sharing the love. Please make sure you follow the show as much as you possibly can. Let your friends know, your relatives know that House of Champions is out there. Uh, follow us on our social media platforms. We're all available on so many different social media platforms. Producer Des does a great job of putting clips up on, on TikTok. TikTok and Instagram. Well, I do Instagram, but Twitter and all these types of uh, different social medias. So make sure you're following us across the board, but also follow us when we're back on, which is Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, big week coming up. Last question before I go. We're going to go into the 50-minute mark here. James, some big games coming up. By we've got FA Cup. We've got Premier mm -hmm. League. Big game for Arsenal as Ooh. well coming up this week. Are you going to any of the games? No, I'm, I told you, I've seen the cats, but I'll be watching it all on TV. And um, re I'm really excited about those FA Cup games in particular got Fulham against Leeds and Brighton mm. are against uh, away to Stoke City. Yeah. I think it would be fantastic if one of those teams, um, we do still have United, Spurs and uh, City in the draw. If one of those teams could uh, could get a really deep run, I think that would be great for them and for the FA Cup. They've both deserved it for brilliant seasons. On the subject of 40 minutes, and just to really string this one out, I think it was our <laughs> one of our listeners called Kieran Priest. Yep. Uh, I think that was who it was. Posted on Twitter last week when they seen one of our episodes go over an hour how much they were dreading their workout. So, Kieran, delighted yeah. that you've actually yeah. now do an extra 10 minutes exercise <laughs> on our behalf. It's a great shout. On, well, that note, 
on that note, Kieran, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on El Clasico coming up this week? Oh, man, thank you. No, I can't wait for El Clasico. I think Real Madrid are getting Barcelona at the right time. Such a change in the tide. A week ago, we were having questions about Madrid. Now, questions about Barcelona after that Europa League defeat at Old Trafford. Can't wait to watch. Just kidding, Kieran. You can get off the stepmaster now. We appreciate you. Thanks, everybody out there for the love and follow. Uh, none of you mentioned Burnley against Fleetwood. I'm disappointed. I'm actually looking forward to that game in the FA Cup. Thanks, everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Back Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you join us then. Myself and the crew will be back. Everybody, have a great night. Enjoy the games today. Ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.